Welcome to Take Note. This is our podcast about carrying around a notebook and recording things that you see, feel, or think uh, in your life, uh, and then reading those things out loud to your friends that you do a podcast with, which include Adam. Hi, Adam. Hey, Ted. And of course, uh, this is a decasode. This is episode 110, so we are joined by Number one fan of the show and occasional co-host, Ryan Sly. Hello, Ryan. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on again. Have you defrosted? Has your house unfrozen and your family unfrozen after our... Well, it is seasonable, but not for Houston, Texas. Cold cold snap. We are doing good and back in shorts and (laughs) t-shirts. It's true. But Ted, you were you were in shorts and t-shirts in Cancun, weren't you? <laughs> oh, 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 you didn't see that zinger uh, coming, huh? I was, uh, I was, uh, I had to get my passport renewed. I, I, I just, I didn't have to. Can't go anywhere, but I, I felt the need to, and uh, we were walking to the, the mailbox to drop my package of. Uh, photo and, and forms and whatnot into the mailbox and uh, I said yeah well man because uh, the rest of my fam- family they're all up to date so we were joking about you know uh, uh, they, they could go off and travel and leave me leave me at home and I uh, said something like yeah man I can't, can't take any uh, good trips and my eight year old daughter said yay like you can't go to Cancun uh-huh. I was, like, I was like, I have trained you well, young Jedi. Kudos. Um, so, so I'm making the same jokes as your eight-year-old daughter. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, every uh, every episode, we ask each other, "What do you got?" Which means, "What have you put down in your notebook lately?" So, Ryan, guest of honor, what do you got? All right, I got a two-parter uh, in a, a new segment. I'm I'm calling "Garbage on the Street." <laughs> So in my snowy evening, uh, handsome number 13,161 of the snowy evening field notes, uh, I wrote, first of all, uh, seen on the road today, pickup truck with a sticker on the back window that read, boobs, proof men can concentrate on two things at once. I did not see if the driver was a redneck a-hole or a redneck a-hole. <laughs> Tinted windows, I guess. Yes, indeed. Um, item number two in Garbage on the Street, uh, Dodge Charger with a graphic wrap that, uh, that covered the entirety of the car, made entirely of uh, what were presumably, I don't know, 50 or so different Playboy covers. And they stopped for gas, and I was shocked to see that this guy actually had a female passenger. (laughs) Was it possible that the female passenger was on one of the covers like 30 years ago? Was it possible it was her car? That is one of maybe three explanations for why (laughs) uh, someone would get in the car with that guy. (laughs) I, I like yeah. thinking that it was her car and that she had, uh, <laughs> she had wrapped the car. She was just asked him to drive. She's like, "I'm I'm sleepy. Can you please drive this car for me?" 
<laughs> Plus, people might be asking her for autographs on the highway. That's true. That's yeah. true. I hadn't thought of any of this. Uh, yeah, boob, boob truck guy would definitely pull up alongside of that with his Sharpie. And October 1997 <laughs> extended. Uh, I, I, I see Adam roaring up to the gas station and uh, Chevy Corvette. Oh, man, look at the paint job on that thing. It's just uh, the whole car is just festooned with N plus one literary magazine covers. Getting <laughs> <laughs> end. Oh, wow. Oh, he's got the Salman Rushdie episode, uh, uh, issue on there right on the hood. Nice. Those N plus one covers are... They're quite titillating, I must say. <laughs> oh, I, that ooh, it's got a sans serif font in uh, November of 2014. I'm pretty sure they're all serifs. Sure you lost me there. Sure. You lost me there. Sure. <laughs> Verisimilitude fell apart at that point. Yep. What do you got, Adam? Oh, go right, Ted. I, I'm also writing in a snowy evening. It's issue uh, edition. 58,666. And I guess we should just maybe explain for anybody who doesn't know that uh, every one of these uh, 99,999 covers are individually numbered from that winter edition, which is pretty neat. So um, who, who wins? Does Adam win because his number is higher or does Ryan win because no. his number is lower? Ryan wins except mine has the um, sign of the devil in it. Sign of the devil? Oh, is 666 the sign or the number of the devil? Oh man, you tell me. <laughs> You're the Satanist. All right. Um, <laughs> I've written here. Right, I've written this backwards. This is from a support email that I copied down. So it was my wife's birthday, and some friends of ours sent her a famous sandwich from New Orleans, and uh, for through like a website where you can get food FedExed from. You know, famous restaurants all over the country. Yeah, FamousSandwiches.com. We're yes. all familiar yep. with it. <laughs> Absolutely. And so uh, my wife has a nut allergy. She looked it up, and it looked like this. It said it contained pistachios. And so I, uh, we were looking at the sandwich, really, like, digging in on, like, the granular level and couldn't find any pistachios. So I, I, I sent an email to this website, and uh, I said... Yeah, I lied. I said that I had a nut allergy, but it looked like it might be night-free. Could they maybe just put us in touch with Central Market? Because I have this theory that more and more restaurants these days that used to use nuts are eliminating all nuts. So I thought maybe we'd be able to, you know. Yeah. Anyways, uh, then I decide I'll just call the restaurant directly. And I call the restaurant directly, and the guy says, yeah, the Capicola's got pistachios in it, which is great, because then uh, we just take the Capicola out. We're very careful, but my wife doesn't have like a severe allergy. It's not going to kill her, but it would, you know, make her sick. Um, and, you know, we she felt fine to eat it. She ate it. It was great. Five days later, the website emails me back. The support guy at the uh, website emails me back. He says, thanks for reaching out. I believe there, are, there aren't any nuts, but I have contacted the shop. So I reply, no need. I've contacted the shop. I contacted the shop myself, and they said there's pistachios in the Capicola. He writes back confirmed on this end as well we hope you enjoy <laughs> we hope you enjoy your famous sandwich <laughs> you're allergic to <laughs> yeah. pistachios in the capicola yeah that's right a warning Isn't, for our times very good very good sandwich though and my 
my wife was able to eat it because we found it out. So I, I was the hero. What do you got, Ted? <laughs> All right. Uh, Ewan, my six-year-old, and May, my eight-year-old, were just starting up their Sherlock Holmes sort of mystery game in the living room. Uh, Finn the dog and Lucky the dog, who was a visiting dog, were making total chaos uh, around the uh, the detective's cozy office space that they'd formed in the teepee in the middle of the living room. Uh, in the middle of this tornado of activity, uh, as they formulated the mystery that would ensnare my wife, myself, and turn into a whole thing, Ewan turned to Lucky, the visiting little dog, and with a sneer said, you're a murderer. <laughs> do you think... What do you got, Ryan? <laughs> do you think that Finn and Lucky were thinking that they were themselves with the detectives and everyone else was... Right? Probably. Finn was no. probably thinking that he was Sherlock. Lucky yep. was Holmes. And then when Ewan said, are you the murderer? He was envisioning the... The guilty party actually accusing the detective, I think. Just workshopping that, it a little. This is a serious, serious plot twist. Yeah. Uh, side note, my son wants to be Watson for Halloween. Side note to the side note, our Halloween costume discussions clearly have already begun. <laughs> Things, are slower. Things are slow around here. Uh, and he want, I determined that he wants to be Watson and not Holmes because Watson gets to carry a pistol. Huh, nice. <laughs> That's it. That's the only reason. What do you got, Ryan? All right, in my uh, shuttle, my debtor print, Field Notes debtor print uh, issue, the shuttle version, the rainbow um, edition, I don't know how else to refer to it, but if you're familiar with the debtor prints, you know which one I'm talking about, I suppose. Uh, I wrote a list of... Uh, Baseball nicknames. So I'll uh, just read through these. We've got Rip, Clown Shoes, Rapson. Uh, Grant, Back Pocket, Little. We've got Shirtless Doug Peters. Put a shirt on. Sylvester, Sylvesti Malone. Not the best not nickname, even, not really. Even, not even shorter. <laughs> Uh, old Bobby Tall Hat McManus. Uh, and then there's uh, over left field Lenny Regular Face Johnson. <laughs> We've got Ben the Jerk Burke. Uh, squats a lot, Denver Young. I <laughs> presume he's a catcher. Yep. And uh, old what's his name? Old what's his name? <laughs> Ryan, uh, I'm excited, I'm excited about baseball, baseball season, though. This is getting me more I, I excited. Well. These, these, this nickname in business. I might have to start get, go out, go out into the workplace and give all my coworkers <laughs> silly baseball truth, nicknames. Truth be told, I wrote that list of baseball nicknames as I was uh, sitting in Minute Maid Park, looking out over the empty field as I waited very briefly to get my uh, second vaccine in the baseball stadium and just being there had me really thinking about baseball and uh, there you go. 
on episode 120, if you're short of what do you got, I think you could bring that list back as um, Dick Tracy villains. Okay. Oh, regular face. Yep. Yeah. That's when you when you get your third vaccine shot, you can do that. You can do that. Yeah, list. you just keep getting them, right? I think that's how it works. <laughs> you don't you don't need any more of those. You have enough. <laughs> no, I think you guys. I've stopped at four. <laughs> Can't be too safe. What do you got, Adam? All right. Do you, do you guys know the Mocha Bialetti? Do you know what that is? The coffee maker. That's a, one of the one of the more famous sandwiches you'll ever come across, <laughs> is it not? Well, it's it's a little tough for a sandwich. It's, I think it's made of aluminum. It is like an <laughs> Italian coffee pot that allows you to make a stovetop espresso. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I read this. I don't know where I read this, but I wrote it down. I wrote it in a place that had things that were true, and then I uh, double-checked it online. I found an obituary. When um, the Bialetti inventor was cremated, um, the ashes were put inside a very large Bialetti mocha cup, which was buried next to his wife. (laughs) That's true. It's completely true. That's awesome. Yep. What do you got, Ted? (laughs) Uh, Sorry if you've got first. a if you've got a cremation a coffee thing as well. That'll be awkward. Yeah. Oh, we doubled up. <laughs> yep. We doubled up. Oh man, that's this is awkward. Uh, observations from the first game of the eight and under <clears throat> softball season. Uh, so after the, after the deep freeze unfroze, we resumed softball season or resumed the season with the first game, and I took some notes. Uh, Note number one, the catcher strode behind home plate with confidence to start the game, having entirely forgotten to bring her glove with her. Uh, Let's see. Around the second inning, an alert blared on every cell phone in the stands. The city of Houston had lifted the water boil advisory. We're out there playing softball after a wild week of deep freeze, burst pipes, power outages, check-ins from around the country. Still waiting to hear from Adam. We're doing fine, Adam, by the way. Uh, and getting back to reality in which all that's wrong is a global pandemic. Uh, a light and very probably sarcastic round of applause arose from the bleachers. Uh, a gaggle of kids played wall ball against a wall with no less than three signs that said, no wall ball. And I witnessed a slew of ruthless base running tactics. May unfurled her procedural grievances as she fell asleep at bedtime that night. And we followed the rules and only scored three runs. Six (laughs) runs. Uh, I replied, my duties and obligations as the game's official scorekeeper required that I accurately represent the facts of the matter. May accurately reflected their opponent's run tally. Well, they still scored 20. (laughs) Okay, good night. (laughs) Those are my notes from the first game of the softball. Can you can you imagine if this was like a real conversation, like if the three of us were allowed to be in a bar and you two guys <laughs> just wanted to talk baseball and softball and I was interrupting you with the facts about the cremation of an Italian businessman. <laughs> <laughs> and they pointed the handle northeast, which as we all know... <laughs> no wall ball. 
I, I want that. <laughs> I want that. One of those signs. I want a no wall ball. Sign. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's iconic. I want maybe a shirt that says no wall ball on it in big old block. Sans serif I mean, font. Is that okay with you, Adam? It's great. Let's put it up on the Take Note That store. These no good <laughs> kids and their uh, incessant wall balling. You got to put signs up. You know what? They've been playing wall ball on this thing for years now, and I'm tired of it. We, I'm going to get some signs printed up. I'm going to stick them up on there, and that'll do the trick. That'll keep them from playing that wall ball. I'm tired of it. So I had a visit from a, uh, or, or, or a friend of my wife's visited, uh, sat on our back porch, uh, lovely, lovely person, and she uh is a it d- does some work of some sort for a company called let's of london l e t t apostrophe s of london which i have to say i have not heard of before but it's a notebook uh and planner company and she gifted me uh two very well constructed and handsome notebooks from let's of London. So since we like to talk about um, notebooks on this show, I thought I would just throw that out there. Um, the Now one of these books, it's actually a planner, but this one is a blank. I think, you know, she she had a blank. Um, but it is, uh, it's up there in quality and construction with, with the, the Blackwing notebooks. Um, if y'all have felt those, they're you know, sturdy and have really nice paper, but it's just Let's of London. So I'm excited to, in the coming weeks, give this a try, give it a spin. Um, yeah, kind of came out of the blue, but I was, I thought that was very kind of her. Did she give you one because she was I, familiar with the podcast? Yeah, she knew that, uh, she knew that I dabbled in the, the, the notebooky arts. You're an um, influencer. And so it was very, yeah, it was very, very considerate. But these look like really, Really nice notebooks. They're actually made in Great Britain, which how often do you see that? But anyway, that's a that's a quick notebook note. Stay tuned for for more on Let's of London products. If you know if anybody listening has some Let's of London insight, would love to hear about. If the if that was a brand that is available in the states, or we can order them online. I'll be honest. Some... I haven't even uh, I haven't even looked into it. I I. I think, uh, if I understand correctly, they are, they also, uh, the parent company also does Filofax. So Filofax, of course, is a famous brand. I'm, I'm, I'm quickly, I've, I've traveled to us.letsoflondon.com and they appear to have a very robust array of offerings. Yeah, yeah, I'm um, there too, and it looks like there is, so who knows if they ship from England. Oh, it looks like Let's of London in the U.S. ships from Koppel, Texas, is that how you pronounce it? Koppel. Oh, I'll be darned. Maybe that's she. Maybe that's the connection. Okay. Cool beans. Um, well, I, you know, I have to say, I had never heard of them, um, which it's almost, I think, hard not to hear of a company that, you know, a lot of notebooks don't actually uh, talk much about. You know, if, if it's one of these kind of generic types, but obviously, Let's of London wants their name out there. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's clearly in price and quality in the realm of the sort of competing with the Bayer and Figs and the, the Blackwing books. It's a, it's a, it seems to be a step up 
some quality above like a moleskin or and, and more polished uh, than a field notes but uh, quick quick uh, stationary note before we dig into something else um, my wife thought that my barren fig pen in the uh, the desk holder you know that holds it upright she thought it was a stylus for many weeks <laughs> and I, I for some reason found that to be quite humorous a broken stylus a stylus that wouldn't work just a, no just a stylus she didn't actually use it as a stylus she left it there in a sort of near near the electronics actually that was what was funny about it it was she had taken it from my desk and put it on a shelf where we keep like the iPad and it just, and I don't know why I didn't process what was happening but at some point I was like oh you put my pen up there she's like I didn't but that's a stylus so I was like all right, this is guys. I have just no. We are going somewhere. I I just I've got my uh, Baron Fig Squire in my stand that Ryan got. I think both of us for our birthdays. Thank you, Ryan. Um, and it works as a stylus. I've tried it on my iPad right now. It is a stylus. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm so I'm so confused and so scared by what you're. I can't saying. click with it, but I can scroll with it. I feel like you're just leaving large gouge marks on the front of your. No, I'm using the I'm using the you know the non pen side of it. I'm using the cap side of it, ah. and I'm scrolling with it, no problem. But I can't click with it. Let it. Let, why don't we propose to the Baron Fig people a uh, an add on uh, uh, sort of uh, rubber tip that you can roll onto the tip of the pen that will transform it into a functioning stylus. What do we think? I think four ninety nine. Yes, I think they'll charge about four hundred ninety nine dollars for it. On the subject of notebooks, uh, let's maybe we could talk briefly. Uh, let's let's of London talk briefly <laughs> about the um, <laughs> about the upcoming field notes release sometime in the next month or so. I guess they'll release their fiftieth quarterly edition, and uh, three of us were talking. Uh, group texting about this email they sent out in which they asked i guess they sent one email to subscribers and then they did send one to non-subscribers asking people to select their 10 favorite editions of the first 49 and i think we spent a little bit of time theorizing about what that might mean ryan did you what were you thinking I mean, I think they have to do something significant with that. I think it's too big a deal to send that out and then do, you know, just do something that is uh, disappointing with that. So, you know, I don't know if it's that they're going to reissue anything or if it's going to be that they you know, include as a subscriber bonus, maybe one pack of, you know, something from the past. I, pro there's no way they could personalize that by people's answers, but right. they might, you know, take whatever the top three of people's, uh, you know, overall 10 that they submitted, maybe those top three or something that they dig into the archives and, and send something out or, or do some kind of reissue on you know, some of those or one of those or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I wonder if... I, I hope they do something like that because I don't have any of the old ones and that'd be fun, right. you know, selfishly. 
Do you, are you a subscriber right now? I am, yes. Yeah. I I wonder, I mean, I, I kind of don't think, I think it would be too hard to match the packages up with the somebody's survey results as well, but I almost wonder if, like, that's what, if they've decided to spend a decent amount of time figuring out how to do that, and if, like, they're trying to match everybody up with, you know, they asked for the top 10 maybe so they can send everybody their 50th anniversary edition with one sing one old single that they missed or something like that or one old single that they ranked in their top 10 the only other thing that i mean kind of like you were mentioning i i think they could they could say that based on the results of the survey they decided to reprint (laughs) three of the most popular but i imagine they've already chosen what those three are already and so i think i mean i just don't think they would do that and i I think if they did that, people would kind of see through that, um, and they, and they don't they don't tend to I mean they don't tend to trick people with their editions or their marketing. So I doubt that's the case. It's it's interesting to puzzle over. Ted, did you did you care? I don't I I, I don't um, spend a lot of time thinking of favorites and stuff, and I can't even I couldn't even. It's almost like a struggle for me to think of favorites. So I, I don't put a lot of thought into these kind of things. Maybe, but it occurs to me that, you know, maybe they'll do some kind of infographic or something. That'd be sort of fun, like a, an insert that's a little more like talking about the data rather than just fixating on, you know, giving people more notebooks. That, that could be interesting. There's some precedent for that, I think, like the, the field notes or the, sorry, the, the roadmap that they made, you know, something, yeah. something in that vein. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, mean, I think of, t- yeah, yeah, like Ryan kind of highlighted it. And like, you know, half the list are notebooks that none of us have ever come even close to seeing. So, you know, to list your top 10 favorites when, when a significant number are, you know, kind of collector's items at this point is a little goofy. Um, and it, I, I find it to be a painful exercise to think of my top ten favorites. That's just me. I'm not a subscriber. I should clarify, Adam. Your, I think uh, your litmus your litmus test. I don't pass it. Well, I think I correctly gauged that you did not care. Um, and but but I think that's sort of a I think that's a, a generous and and thoughtful idea that you have that that they could take that data and share it with everyone in a way that we would actually care about. And I think, yeah, that's not where my mind went and it's not where Ryan's mind went, but I actually think you're right. I think they could do something like that and they could pull it off. Um, and they could, you know, the, the, a month ago or something, they had a deal where everybody that ordered in two days that of the, everybody that ordered would get, uh, 10 of them would get, or something I think would get, uh, one of the old packs something like that so they did something like that it does seem like they've been clearing out some of their um their archives which i think has a lot of us maybe thinking that there will be something along the lines with this 50th edition but uh, you know i think you're right i think something maybe an edition that addresses the history their history and the history of the notebooks in a different sort of way and uses that information um yeah i mean you know it's like some of the favorites uh they already you know like the dime dime novel edition was very cool very interesting and so they you know but they everyone loved people love the format so they started producing 
a version, you know, a newer version of it. Yeah. So I think they, they've already been doing that in some way. It seems a bit simplistic that they would just sort of re reproduce old versions. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. And one of you guys said in our in the group text that, uh, you know, they did reprint the Butcher Orange and the Butcher Blue, and they sent those yeah. out to subscribers as an extra. I, I guess my one mm. thought is maybe they would do something like um, print the first three colors, the blue, the orange, and the green, and and use, like, the newer printing methods or, or kind of perfect those additions in some sort of way. That might be interesting, but I think you're I mean, that might disappoint people too. Who knows? Uh, well, I guess we will see. What if they uh, What if they take the top three editions, people's favorites, and then take one feature from each of those and turn it into a, a heinous Frankenstein <laughs> notebook, <laughs> doomed to walk the earth forever with? Uh, I can't think of any funny characteristics of notebooks that would be truly horrific enough to meet my analogy, but. No, that's they're, great. They're cooking up. They're cooking up something, and they, you can tell they 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 are not. They're, as Ryan said, they're not doing it. Li- they're not going to take it lightly. You know, when you send out a survey request to a bunch of field nuts, rabbits, like rabbit lunatics, they know people yeah. are going to get worked up about it. Right, right. But good times. Yep. Um, so we uh, we thought of a little mini segment we could do called on my desk um and i think uh you know it'll it'll enter the pantheon of other amazing segments like uh the summer beverage series where we neglected to uh name a a beverage we enjoyed nor did we do so in the summertime um the sticking with it the segment we did not stick with (laughs) 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 so i thought we could uh, do on my desk where i thought you know Point out one thing on your desk, and I think kind of a work, you know, a work-esque thing that uh, that's that's slightly unusual, that that isn't isn't your average uh, piece of stationery, uh, that isn't your 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 average stationery tool or, or product. Um, Adam, do you want to start us off? What's on your desk? Yeah. So. I don't use my field notes for work very often, except to occasionally like jot down a note when I can't get into my computer or something like that. And so I, this year, I, I received a Baron Fig 2021 planner. I don't know why I clarified the year. I mean, I guess I received one of their planners that has like the dates on it. They also have undated planners as well. And I have not been using it as a planner at all because right, I put everything on my Google Calendar. Um, and I have a pretty big task list that I have on a spreadsheet and I sort things in certain ways and that works for me. But what I have been using it for and it's been really effective for is just when those, as I'm getting started in the day, when I realize, ah, oh, there's these three things I want to get done in the day or at the end of the day, when I know there's three things that I want to do the next day, I jot them down. I scribble them down in the day. And also I use it for if I'm suddenly need to take a note during a meeting and it's not something I can uh, easily write down on my computer, especially with Zoom calls, I find that I can somehow like lose my screens while I'm trying to find the place to write something down. And that's been working really well. So, and I just, I think it's interesting that I'm using a planner in a very non-planner way, but that I find that it's working well. It's a really nice notebook. I, 
mostly been using pencil in it, but I think it would, that barren fig paper takes really well to pen as well. Um, lays flat, mm -hmm. sharp gray color. I, I don't know if it's sharp. It's a good looking gray color. Nice. Uh, Ryan, what's on your desk? Oh, I thought a little bit about this. I think probably the most unconventional thing that I have at the moment is that I bought a um, Nanami Cafe note notebook, which is the nice, you know, Tomoe River paper. It's a smaller size than the one that I use to write, you know, the, my stories and stuff like that. So, you know, but... So maybe the book itself is not unconventional. It's really nice and I like it a lot, but I've got, I bought it just to have a nice one like that to kind of play around with. So, you know, I have a, you know, kind of growing collection of fountain pens and everything. And, uh, you know, the only really nice notebook that I had that was really you know, paper geared directly towards writing with fountain pens and different inks and stuff like that was was that one that I've used for a very specific purpose yeah. and I don't want to, you know, mess around with or anything like that. So I bought one that I can just write, you know, nothing in and play around with and just uh, experiment with the pens and kind of play around with, you know, the other stationary items that I have uh, in that in that nice book and not care about throwing it away when I'm done. I think that's... And I've been enjoying that a lot. I think that's the way to go. And, you know, it's like these these Nanami notebooks, they're expensive, but they're not so expensive that you that you shouldn't just get one that you can enjoy in a different way. I love that. And Is it the... For the amount of paper that's in it, it's really even... Yeah. It's not that expensive. It'll last a really long time. It's like even things like a King James Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's crazy, but it's it's nice to just be able to kind of fiddle around with it and and try different things out and see because it really behaves differently than than other paper, believe it or not. Some of the stuff that I've been using, just kind of in work notebooks and stuff like that, taking notes with my these pens every day, writing that thing, and it looks completely different. It's, it's oh, yeah. been interesting. Cool. Is it about the um, dimensions of a field notes like a little wider? I was looking it up while you were talking about it. Um, um, it's bigger than that, uh, certainly, but I think it's a B6 is the size, which, so it's smaller than, it's probably, you know, roughly the, the maybe a little smaller than half of a, you know, just standard piece of paper, okay. uh, turned sideways, but, you know, it's, it's. They're small pages, but it's big, definitely bigger than a memo. Size, okay, but. I was looking up A6, so it's it's like about five inches by seven inches, I guess. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever heard B6 until today. And uh, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> Should I have not admitted that I've never heard of that and we have a notebook? Anyway, let's move on. Street cred is dropping <laughs> yep. by the page. Um, so on my desk, um, I have a stack of index cards. It's like the cheapest, you know, two bucks for a hundred or whatever. Um, and I find, you know, similar to what you were saying, Adam, about you just kind of reaching for something to something to jot down on or to 
a way to kind of, I don't know, if you want to take notes on a particular topic, like where you just want to visually create uh, one little place where, you know, a certain sub subtopic of information lives, I find that for me, index cards are really nice. Uh, and they're, you know, uh, you can shuffle them around and, and toss them out you know throw them in the trash when you're done with it and feel you know you don't have to there's no ceremony about it and you know as i'm sitting here thinking i'm remembering my dad uh always always carried around index cards in his lapel pocket you know with a pen with a it's actually probably like a pilot v7 or something and uh and so i've always had this kind of nice association with index cards and and so I saw them at Staples, and they're just appealing, you know, just a stack of paper. Nothing fancy about it. You just grab a piece, you do whatever you want with it, you know, you fold it up, you, I don't know, just kind of like sort them and turn around, and, and it's nice to just keep a stack on the desk where, you know, you kind of can see them at all times, and they're right in, the, you know, right in arm's reach, so you just grab one when you're kind of, when your hand is searching for something to take down some different kind of notes. So that's what's on my desk. Did you guys um index cards? Did you guys want to know what they did to with the body of the inventor of the index card when he died? <laughs> <laughs> let's do this again next week, Adam. Uh, Sounds Ryan, good. Let's Ted. do this. Let's do this in another 10 episodes if you'll have us. Uh, nice talking to you guys. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, check us out on the internet. Uh, take note.space. Adam has been doing some fantastic blogging with some beautiful images. Great notes on uh, New Orleans music. Uh, the Crescent City Soul box set looks fantastic. All kinds of great photographs. Check those out on the blog over there. We're on Twitter at twitter.com slash take note pod. Until then, take care.